Uh, welcome everyone to T-Track 9. Today we're checking in. Uh, it's gonna kind of devolve into some eating disorder updates to some discussions on rejection. Uh, I talk about meditation and some of my own journey uh, of, the, of the last year. And then, um, oh yeah, and then we talk about heavy flows. That's all, period, period, period. <laughs> so buckle up and come on down. Two-track mind, two of kind To find friends you'd be hard-pressed to find When the world is a one-note song With a wrong sense of time You need a two-track mind I had probably the worst weekend I've had in a really long time. Yeah. I had a very difficult week last week. I had two things happen that felt like rejection to me. Mm -hmm. And even though people have said, you didn't do anything wrong, this is, you know what, these are, this is more, this is really about the other people, Emily, more than you. Um, don't take it personally. It feels impossible to not take a form of rejection personally. And I think that's one of my biggest, I've realized that in, other than anxiety, rejection, yeah. perceived rejection is enormous for That's me. what I've gotten out of you this week. Like, and, and I think there's still more to hear about this, but, uh, but like, it's just like how hard you're taking rejection, like not whether or not you were rejected, which is, you know, yeah, something I think everyone has to deal with, but you take it really hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. I feel like I'm getting sucker punched in the heart. That yeah, is what, what it feels like. Yeah. And it feels like empty and it feels alone and it feels like a, it f makes me feel like there's something wrong with me and that's why someone doesn't want me. What if, what if there was something wrong with you? <laughs> Yeah. Emily just died on the <laughs> podcast. Like, um, so what? Well, yeah. I, I I guess that's where my thought process needs to go, and yeah. that's not where it goes. Yeah, it yeah, goes yeah. toward... I'm sorry. I'm jumping, I'm yeah. jumping ahead in Candyland here. Right. Um, <laughs> um, I don't... That's not where I end up. I get stuck on the, there's something wrong with me. And I think... I think a lot of my college experience had to do with perceived rejection. Mm -hmm. um, having like been in a kind of rather dysfunctional relationship and then kind of breaking up with that person and, and basically also breaking up with an entire friend group. Mm -hmm. I felt rejected every time I saw them all hanging out. Right. And I felt could not be in that world anymore. Um, so I think that, that I just have so many like haunting memories of like having to deal with that every day. Right. Um, I think. But I, I mean, I would say that they're haunting because this is something that you've always taken harm. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where that comes from. I do know that I think the precipitating event of my eating disorder was a rejection experience. Huh. I, that was the first time I ever restricted my food. Yeah. Was the, basically a weekend after I had gotten rejected from something. Huh. What did you get rejected from? Uh, I got waitlisted at <laughs> um, Middlebury's Creative Writing Camp, <laughs> which is an extremely prestigious but like, fuck that idea. Um, writing camp. Yeah. It's called bread loaf. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a big deal that I yeah. had applied. And of course, in high school, everything feels like a big deal. Mm -hmm. um, and my creative writing teacher was super sure that I was going to go. And you go and you live at Middlebury for a week and write poetry or short stories or what have you. Right. I got waitlisted. <laughs> and I... I was devastated. I was totally devastated. And that was the first time you restricted. 
Yep. Oh, so I ended up um, being accepted off the wait list. Yeah. And my mom was like, I have great news. Like, look what came in the mail. And my reaction was like, I don't deserve to be there. Um, and I went. Whoa. I went. And that yeah. was the first time I restricted food. And so the weird thing about all of this is I was try- I was thinking, like, Emily, is that the first time in life you got rejected? The answer is no. I was really bad at a number of things growing up. So it's not like, oh, I'm so good at whatever I touch. I struggled with a lot of things. So I don't know where this comes from. Um, But I think I have, I think what in psychology research is referred to was really high rejection sensitivity. Right. I know that's really common in interpersonal relationship literature. Um, So I had two things that made me feel rejected and... I've been really good with about not using behaviors and I used them three times this past week. And I feel like I've been hit in the face with a fucking train. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of transition to that. Like what, like I, I, first of all, like, thank you for sharing. Like, I think that it's really, uh, I don't know. I think it's pretty courageous to share when you slip up, especially when you've been doing as well as you have over the past year. I didn't want to do this right now. Yeah. I hate this. Like, not really, but there's a part of me that hates every moment. I know, right now. I know, I know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and as well you should. Like, it, it sucks to, it sucks to reveal those times when you slip up. But <laughs> how would you do it? I've learned something about myself, which is I am completely okay with being, quote unquote, vulnerable mm-hmm. and talking about things that I struggle with when I'm not currently really in mired in the struggle. Right. Which you are now. So if I hit rock bottom last weekend and then built myself back up, right. I'd be totally fine talking right. about it. Right. I am in it. This is like real time struggle struggle right now. Yeah. And I hate sharing it. Cool. Like, don't even look at me. <laughs> um, but this is what we do, Susan. This is what we do. <laughs> you're doing fu- it for the podcast. No, you're, I know. You, we, we, you, know you, you brought this up right before we started recording and, and it seemed like that you were afraid but also really wanted to push yourself for for oh, anyone who might be listening to this and it might be might relate so could you walk us kind of through like what like uh how long had it been since you had slipped up well there, I know october was a difficult month also to yeah be honest. that's right i'm just remembering that actually yeah. yeah um i think i've had some increased pressure mm-hmm. in my relationship with my boyfriend I think necessary pressure, but that's been a big weight. I think kind of all of a sudden, like my plate is already full and then you just like, just slap a big thing of steak on it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I had, I've been hit in the face with a slab of steak. And so that actually was really jolting. Um, And so I used, I had been, I think, made it like a month and a half or something. And then Mm -hmm. in October I used behaviors. Um, There was one week where I used them twice Mm -hmm. and that's what happens. It's, oh, and this is why bulimia is such a sneaky bitch. It's you use it once and the likelihood that you'll like use it again immediately after is just. Well, I mean, it's it's like like an alcoholic, like you have one drink, like you're, you're, that's definitely the time when you're more likely to have a few more. Exactly. You know, over the next, yeah. Exactly. I wetted my, my palate. Um, so October was, was difficult. And I think that this, uh, in the past week, um, this nutritionist that I've worked with for over three years, literally over three years, um, basically said, I can't see you anymore. Right. And what had driven us apart was complications with my insurance. Right. And she is the type of person that once she's, once certain buttons are pushed, she's done. Right. Um, which is difficult. <laughs> so she basically terminated with me. Yeah. And all of a sudden I am without a dietitian mm-hmm. and I've been meeting with a dietitian every week right. for the past three years. Well, yeah. So. And you text her what you eat and stuff, every right? Day. Like every day, right? And like send pictures of your food. Yeah. So not to be defensive, but the manner in which that happened is like clinically just not ethical. Like yeah. you can't, you wouldn't just drop a patient. Right. But that's what happened. So all of a sudden, I and immediately I was thinking, I'm fine. I don't need this. I'm smart. I know how to feed myself. Right. Fuck you. Um, 
but it's actually, I really struggled this past week yeah. because I have no one to be accountable to. Right. So to all of a sudden be thrown in, into the deep end of independence um, was really hard. And I noticed, I think I did well one day, then I think I snacked through lunch the second day. Yeah. And anytime I don't eat a proper meal and instead just kind of like snack my way through, that is what sets me up mm-hmm. for a binge or purge later. Right. Um, because I'm either starving or it just makes it so that if I get an emotional trigger, which like this is life, it happens all the time. Right, right, I'm just right, right. more susceptible to using behavior. Um, so and being ter- having her terminate with me in this really weird way. Yeah. That felt super personal and that felt like rejection. And I didn't realize how much it was bothering me. And there's nothing really I can do about it. Um, And so I just kind of froze this past week. I didn't reach out to find a new dietitian. I kind of hemmed and hawed over, do I try to patch things up with her? Or is this relationship just so toxic that it's not even worth it? I have a really hard time with relationships ending in a shitty, shitty way. <laughs> I mean, I don't think, yeah, I mean, I think that's Who pretty unpleasant. Who is good at that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody likes um, it, but yeah. So then that happened, and then I also had another thing concerning a job where this person was like, oh my God, I love you. Would, would you please come work for me? And then two days later was like, uh, actually, no. Um, so that's called reneging a job offer, and <laughs> I don't think that's supposed to happen, uh, but it did. So it was like two perceived rejections Mm -hmm. literally back to back right um and i think what happened was i did not make time for myself Mm -hmm. to get that hurt and anger out i talked about it yes but i didn't write about it or kind of make time to just deal with it however I needed to. And I think that's something so common for people. Like, yeah. I think most people don't. Like, most people don't think, like, I need to sit. Like, something emotional happens, you push through. You soldier on. You go through. And I think you and I, you know, I think that's, like, the way that, like, you know, every hardworking American is supposed to go through. But I think that you, you and I, people who... Or anyone who is, you know, has bad habits that they have developed or has an eating disorder that they've developed or any type of thing like that as their kind of go-to tool for solving that, is forced to recognize that that's not the healthiest way, right? And I think that everyone would kind of benefit from making a little bit more time for themselves when when things are emotional, so. Yeah, and because I'm such a, a, a kind of verbal processor, I yeah. kind of thought, well, I've talked about this with my therapist. I've talked about this with Susan. Right. I've dealt with it. You and said I you were going to journal, though. You told me you were going to journal. Yeah, and I, I I reneged, reneged my statement, which is so not cool. Yeah, I fucking hate journaling when I actually need to do it. Right. Well, it's the worst time. Um. Exactly. Um. I did it last night. (gasps) Yay! Thank God. And it's amazing how much better. Yeah. I feel. Yeah. And I think it's giving like kind of knowing what you're. Knowing going into it, I'm not going to solve anything. I just have mm-hmm. a lot of feelings. I just, I just have, have a lot, a of, lot of shit to get out. And the way that my emotional spectrum works is I get hurt and then it turns to anger. Mm-hmm. And But it's the type of anger in which you're kind of like blinking back tears because you don't want to show the, this person how much they've hurt you. I think that's what I've always appreciated about journaling. Like, I don't, it's not for everyone, but I think for the verbal processors out there, like, journaling is so useful to me because because it's that same verbal processing. Like, and sometimes I even pretend I'm talking to somebody else, or typically I actually pretend I'm talking to, like, you know, future Susan or past Susan or, like, just other Susan. Or, like, I'll literally say, like, hey, journal. Like, I have some thoughts for you. Like, I talk about it. Like, my journal is, like, a person. His name is, like, Milfred. So (laughs) she said off the top of her head casually. Um, but you know, one thing that I love about it is that not like, you know, it's hard to find verbal processing pals where you can be a hundred percent honest. And even with like the best of friends, like, you know, I have thoughts that go through my head that are sometimes just like not PC or like really petty or like, you know, like you don't have like the best, like sides that you would normally filter for society's purposes, I guess. And with a journal, you can be as honest and brutal as you want. And I think that helps you get to the emotional truth of what you're feeling quicker. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's great to do. I would <laughs> recommend it to anyone. I just could not fucking bring myself to do it. And I right. realized, Emily, by you not dealing with it, it builds up in this very poisonous way. Mm-hmm. And then it starts to, bu- like, the poison starts to bubble up and bubble up. And then what the binging does is kind of stuff it back down, stuff it back down. Right. But then this is why I'm bulimic. Once you've stuffed it back down, you realize it's still there and you've just kind of added to it with physical food. Mm -hmm. And then you need to release all of it. Just fucking get all of this out of me. Get it out. And like purging is this physical Mm -hmm. release um, that does not help you whatsoever (laughs) deal with the original emotional thing (laughs) that got you in this place. Um, But it's like a moment of instant gratification. Yeah. Um, And it's addictive. So that's what it is. It's completely useless in terms of dealing with the problem, but that's what I was craving at the time. Yeah. And so once I've, if I use behaviors once, I think I can usually pick myself back up the next day and get back on track. But using it fucking three times in a row, mm-hmm. I was physically exhausted. Um, just also like there's so much shame and embarrassment that comes with it. I just hold up, I just basically hold up in my apartment for the entire weekend and vampired. And I know I'm not supposed to vampire, <laughs> but that's what I do when I am like, I am dark and depressed and I don't want anyone to yeah. see me. And you physically feel like that, that body dysmorphia, right? Like you physically feel oh, yeah. like you look no different, but you've, yeah. I feel, I, my mind, my eating disorder voice cannot, or part the eating disorder part of my brain cannot process that I don't look how I feel. Right. Um, and it's, it's so, oh, of course. And I have back issues. So, like, what the fuck am Your I doing, Emily? Came up so, my time. back is hurting, too. Because, like, purging ain't great mm-hmm. uh, for your body, newsflash. And I didn't know whether to kind of give in to vampiring. Mm-hmm. Vampiring is when I just don't come out <laughs> of my apartment. Yeah. Um, and turn off all the lights. I don't, I didn't know whether I should give in to, like, solitude and just mm-hmm. give in to, I don't want to be seen or I don't want to see anyone. I don't want to do anything. Or I should push myself. So I kind of gave in to solitude, but I also reached out to you a lot. Yeah. I reached out to Sam. I mm-hmm. called my therapist on a yeah. Saturday. You went to Starbucks? You walked to Starbucks? <laughs> I went to Starbucks yesterday. It was, like, your big accomplishment. Big accomplishment of yeah. the day. But Tay was like, you have got to get out of your apartment. And I was like, bitch... <laughs> you crazy no and she was like you literally need to and I told Sam that she had said that I think I did that because deep down I knew if I wasn't going to be accountable to someone I wouldn't I wasn't do, gonna it. do it yeah and I was like you know what all I want to do is it's like 6 p.m. I just want to go to sleep yeah. I just want to go sleep and wake up feeling better yeah. and Sam was like I swear to god Emily if you go to sleep right now like that's the biggest fuck you you can give yeah to all these people that love you yeah. and want to help you. And that did it for me. Whew, good job, Sam. Yeah. He's so good at this. <laughs> or he's learning. He's learning. Um, so weird thing, though, during the week that I think compounded all of this was, so I told you about this guy who was like, oh, my God, please come on board. I love you. And then a couple days later mm. said, actually, no, I have all the help I need. Right. What? Head spinning. I had to see this man at a social event on right. Wednesday night. That's right. I forgot. Yeah. This was something that I had been d- excited to go to for a long time. Mm-hmm. It was a school-sponsored social night, uh, salsa night. Mm-hmm. Um, he's apparently on the alumni committee and, like, helped mm-hmm. organize the event. Yeah. So he was there. He was physically there. And the salsa lesson was organized as such that it would have looked very weird for me to refuse to dance with him Mm -hmm. for like this one exercise um so i did i went he asked me to dance and i said yes because i was trying to be cool (laughs) and show him that i was fine but what that did to me is make me feel like emily you were just rejected but now this person is interested in you and giving you attention and asked you to fucking dance that reinforces a very deep fear of mine, which is, Emily, the only way you're going to be wanted or desired is if you're attractive. Mm-hmm. And I looked smoking hot last Wednesday night. Yeah. And that was, like, my one of my deepest fears manifested. Yeah. So that, I carried that with me into the weekend.
To track mind to a kind To find friends you'd be hard pressed to find When the world is a one-note song With a wrong sense of time You need a two-track mind Two-track mind Yeah, meditation. So cruel, cruel (laughs) mistress. What's funny about meditation is that I study it. So like I'm a positive psychology researcher. So I do a ton of research on like subjects like mindfulness. Um, It's also something that like, you know, I've I've worked with a team on uh, designing an intervention. Yeah, we have like a little seven and a half minute mindfulness intervention. um, And and, like trying to get that. We're trying currently still trying to get that paper published right now. Like I've done a lot with it. But I haven't done it successfully myself very well. I think that's very common yeah. in the research world. <laughs> it's like you research what you want to make manifest in yourself, but yeah. really can't. But so what uh, you've been in in a, a situation where you now kind of have to do it. Well, I don't have to. I don't have to. Um, <laughs> ain't no, it has ain't, been suggested. Ain't nobody, ain't no one who's been going to put baby in a corner. Yeah, so our school has um, basically like eight free sessions of, of therapy that they offer you. It's like counseling. Come and, and get it while it's hot. Come and get it while it's hot. It used to be 10, now it's eight. Um, and I've never done individualized therapy before. I've never done that. I did family therapy a little bit when I was like 14, 15 with my brother, but never did individual therapy. Um, but you know, for me, I've definitely had this past year, which I think we've kind of touched on. I haven't gone totally into it, but I've kind of had like, I've had one of those years where it's like, it's ma- it's mama's time for like digging in on herself. Like this has really been like a dig in on self-discovery year for me. Um, with that eye towards, like, I just, like, this is, I'm in a really good place for it. Like, I don't want to be digging in on all this crap when I have, like, you know, toddlers. And I don't want to yeah, be, like, exactly. I don't want to be, like, I want to, and, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm in a really good place right now to, like, be digging in on this. So. You're doing your future self a really good Yeah, like, but it's an overhaul, thing. right? It's, it's so, like. It's terrible. There's been so many times <laughs> that, like, this whole year, every five seconds, I'm like, this is what Emily meant. This is so hard. I'm so exhausted. Um, yeah, so I went to, so I decided, so I was waiting to kind of use these sessions because I knew I just had these like eight until I felt like, (laughs) I I guess being me until I felt like there was like a practical application for them. I was like waiting till I could be like, here are my thoughts. Like now help me take it like the last, like the last like little way. So I just had my second of my eight therapy sessions uh, earlier this week. And, um, yeah, and her, the biggest takeaway of that, we kind of had a fight. I actually love my therapist. Like, I think she's great. Yeah. I mean, I'll just have her for these eight sessions. I wish I could keep her with me. But, um, but I liked her instantly. And, uh, yeah, we kind of got into a fight where she was like, I think you need to do some mindfulness meditation. Like, you really need to... And the biggest reason for that was that she's like, you need to stop evaluating everything. Yeah. Because I think I just like, I'm constantly, my mind is always like, okay, how did this work? How did this work? How do we put those together? How do we do that better in the future? How do we move forward? Like my brain just does that very automatically. Which is so great in a professional context. Right, right. It makes me a great director, you know? It makes me great for like organizing things. Not so great when it's like, because I think that process can lead to burnout for me or can lead to me being in a place where like, I desperately need to turn my brain off because if my brain is on, then like that's the state it's in. I don't, I'm not good at like self turning that brain to like, you may now float. Like you may now have your brain on, but like it doesn't demand attention or like a a change of action. And is that constant brain being on a trigger? Is, is that a trigger for you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and for me that like manifests itself, you know, in different ways, but like definitely in like a, I can do like the binge eating as you know, and I can do the binge drinking. So like it can lead to either of those two places, which have always been borderline for me. Um, and there are times like there are times when that borderline hits diagnosable, I'm sure for like a binge eating disorder. Um, and there are times when it comes back down and that always like, you know, F's with me, F's with weight, F's with everything. Um, and so that was kind of the original thing that I was like worried about, especially given that we're friends, especially given my family history. Like I always have like an eagle's eye on any weird food things I might be doing. Um, but you know, the, but for me, those are really just, yeah, those are the externalizations of this, like my, I'm just burnt out. My brain is just burnt out and I don't want to think anymore. So 
she really was pushing this as like, and we did a guided meditation in her office, and she was really pushing this as like, you need to learn how to like have your brain on basically without it like overheating. Being in that yeah. Yeah, and, and, and like, and here's how that that conversation went. She's like, "Okay, let's do a guided meditation. We'll see how you feel." We did that. We come out of it, and she's like, "Okay, how do you feel?" And I start like evaluating the experience and telling her, which is kind of what she was asking. And she's like, "Okay, great. Like, let's try not to talk about how we would change or what we would do in the future. Like, let's just like to, you know really talk about how you felt in that moment." And I was like, "Well, it felt this way," which I think leads me to believe that we should do this. And she's like, "She's no, like, no, no." I'm like, Stop. And then and then she was like, I want you to do this like twice a week. She's like, and like my face like had all over it, like no way. And she's like, even for like one to five minutes, like one to five minutes twice a week. And I would and again, like I don't know why I'm so resistant when it's something I believe in and it's something I'm so like logically aligned with. Exactly. Um, but it's like I've tried it before, I think, and I just like I find meditation soothing, but I've never found it particularly helpful in terms of like like a, a longer lasting lasting right. effect. It, it definitely like helps me like center. I mean, I do do it on my own sometimes. Um, it's something that helps me like mostly. It like helps me scan my body, like check in with myself, like see how I'm really feeling. But like that's kind of all I've ever used it for. And um, yeah, and she was basically like, just do it twice a week. And I was like, okay, well, what should I expect to see? Like, what are the outcomes? Like, how should I like make sure whether I'm doing it right? Like, am I going to be doing the meditation right? Do I need to do? Should it I make way? a logic model? And she was like. <laughs> No, like it was kind of just a point where she was like, no evaluating, and I was like, but how do I evaluate whether I'm evaluating? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and, and then she slapped you, and that's when I realized I have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is why I came in here because so that you could point this out to me because I don't think I would have seen it as 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 much of an issue as yeah. I do when I'm being pushed. Yeah, and I realize, oh, I really, I and you to- really need an outsider. To yeah. kind of reflect that mirror back yeah. because we can't be our own therapists all the time. Right. And I think that's the thing. I've always had a really rich friend life. I've always had a really rich support system. And so individual therapy has never seemed like much something I really needed. Although I've also always been logically aligned with that. I'm like, oh yeah, it's great. Like for other people, like it's awesome. Other people should <laughs> like totally journaling. Do it. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was actually a weird experience too, going in there for the first time. Um, cause I think even though you're, you're totally logically aligned with it, um, it, as I was, there's something about it that feels like failure. There's something about it that mm-hmm. feels like asking for help or, which is like the hardest thing for me. Or yeah, that that's feels, your thing. That's my thing. <laughs> and, um, or, you know, that feels like giving up. Feels like you can't, like, feels like admitting defeat. Like I can't do it on my own when, you know, logically I think you know, that's brave. Like logically, I think it's courageous to like get more tools in your toolbox and like, you know, put in the time to get that outside perspective. But it definitely did feel that way. Like I can't deny that that's kind of how it felt walking in there. I'm going to ask a Susan style question. What does it mean if you can't do it on your own? Uh, well, again, logically, nothing. Like, logically, it's, like, it takes a village. So, like, get some, get, get the whole town in there. Like, get everyone in on it. But I think that, you, you know, individually needing help felt like this means that I'm not self-sufficient. This means that if I were alone in the wilderness, like, my emotional needs would not be met well. <laughs> but, I mean, that's true. If I were alone in the wilderness, my emotional needs wouldn't be met well. It means that I am not a self-sustaining system. Ooh, actually, you're hitting something. And if I'm not a self-sustaining system, that means I could burden someone. That means I could be an inconvenience. That means that I could take resources. And I think that my default, right, it comes from that crisis state of when I was younger, which is like, I will... I want to take no resources. I don't want to be any additional burden. I will be the person that's fine. I will be the person that has no problems so that no one has to worry about me, so that my parents don't have to worry about me, so that my brother doesn't have to worry about me. I will be the person that nobody has to worry about, which means that my needs aren't important unless... Unless they're at like a nine or a ten, right? Yeah. If I'm at a nine or a ten, I'll I'll talk to you about it. I'll tell you I'll tell you I'm at a nine or a ten. But anything lower than that, the chances are my needs aren't are are still not the greatest needs to be to be dealt with. Yeah. When do you using that looking at that example for a second of like okay so my environment is in crisis mode and I can't tax that like I have to be the one that's fine. Mm-hmm. Is that what's the fear? Okay, so example, me as child. Yeah. If I don't 
help my family solve their problems, mm-hmm. we're going to collapse and someone's going to literally die because it's stressful. <laughs> right. um, what's the kind of catastrophic outcome of if I burden this system? Yeah, if I burden the system, then the system will break and everyone will like fall apart. Uh, and whether that's uh, like irreversible emotionally versus physically, like not necessarily die, but we'll be like, um, you know, emotionally broken forever. Got it. So it's like, you know, Both terrible. Yeah. yeah. Well, cause to me, it's like, you know, I, my, my parents were in a state of crisis with my, my dying brother who was in a state of crisis. And so for me, like there was no me, uh, if, if I added any, like, you know, my mom was always uh, close to kind of, I think falling apart. So if I added anything onto that, she really could have snapped. Like she really yeah. may have like, like lost it emotionally and my dad you know had enough to deal with trying to figure all this out and my brother was obviously like so it it really was maybe real in that yeah in that fishbowl right it was maybe real for me that if I added anything like the system was going to kind of burst yeah but that's not real now so that's kind of where I come out of that I understand how that feels and like that's the exact reason I didn't tell my dad that I went into treatment Mm -hmm. and of course everyone's like what and I'm like no but you don't understand it's like I cannot contribute to what this person already has to deal with right and that feels monumental Mm -hmm. it feels like moving a mountain having to risk breaking the system yeah which is what I'm working on right now so (laughs) warning to all friends get ready for Susan to be messy for her to vocalize her problems yeah okay so you're entering have you had any experiences like where that actually happened over the past week or have you tried meditating since your, the time with your lady? Yeah, I've been trying to meditate and um, uh, it, and it's already helping, damn her. <laughs> like, And I think what it, it's the style that she gave me and I think what helps is that I think, I think you and I are similar in the energy that we have like before before we might do like you know binge or before we might do something that's you know not good for us drink uh yeah <laughs> like drink yeah like it's um you know and and to me that energy is just like it feels like I want to do something physical with it. Like, it feels like mm. I want to take action with this yeah. energy. It's almost like, you know, being hopped up on adrenaline and it's like, this ha- this has to go somewhere. Like, this energy has to go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and that's that's how it feels for me. And, um, and and it feels, yeah, better to do something physical about it. And so with this, this the mindset and the way that she's been kind of doing this with me is like, you know, you acknowledging that feeling while not being allowed to take action, basically. Yeah. So it's like, Oh, like, so basically, like, the thought that, like, you know, that goes through your head is like, oh, it's really interesting that you feel so hopped up on adrenaline right now. Hmm, cool. Oh, it's really interesting that you want to do something about it. Cool. Wow. And, like, that's it. Like, you know, you're not allowed to think about what that means. You're not allowed to, like, go forward. You're not allowed to be, like, whatever. It's just, like, being, like, a lot, you're allowed to be curious about it, and you're allowed to, like, notice it, and then just keep thinking. Fuck her, because that's (laughs) so... How I see this, and I'm glad that you are kind of like enter going along this like mindfulness path um it is something that people have told me to do for years and i cannot yeah you've had a lot of resistance myself to do it yeah but what i see that as is like it's that kind of critical moment between a stimulus like something happens and it's making me feel something and at least with me the way that like the bulimia goes or like the drinking goes is once I get like latch, once I latch mm-hmm. onto that, it's we are on the train. Right, we're on the train going 100 miles an hour toward catastrophizing or outcomes that scare me or what have you. But it's that moment of like, I see the train and I'm not gonna get on it. Mm-hmm. And like, that's how to beat this stuff. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think um, yeah, it's a really helpful. And for me too, like. You know, I kind of think of the uh, drinking and eating. Often those are, they're almost like in the, I mean, it's more than bad habit because there's an addictive quality, but there's yeah. something for me that's more just like, while in grad school especially, those are the two things that I've seemed to have gone to a lot. Um, and I already had dysfunctional eating patterns, Couldn't so like it wasn't hard. done drugs? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Sorry, not funny. Um... But, but, you know, like, but the, it's, it's a matter of, like, redirecting that attention. It's a matter of, like, finding new ways to, like, deal, like, you know, channel those feelings. So, yeah, I, I definitely think already there have been a few times where I feel really keyed up and I just go, 
hmm, that's interesting. And, like, somehow doing that for, like, three minutes, like, thinking about how interesting it is without doing anything about it, like, just starts to, like, calm you down. When did you do it this past week? Like, um, I, I haven't done it a lot. So, like, I, it's, it's more like, um, I think there's just a couple of times, like, it's usually, like, dinner, like, after dinner time when you're, like, still feeling, like, sometimes it's, like, I legitimately feel kind of hungry, but I'm also starting to feel that weird, like, I want to turn my brain off, which for me is, like, the danger zone, right? Like, if I, if I, if I've hit that exhaustion, my, like, everything's burnt out period, when I turn my brain off, then it's, like, I don't know, I can't trust that version of myself right now. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what she's gonna do. I don't know what that girl's gonna do. So, it's trying to get into a place where it's, like, it's not such a dramatic shift. So, when I start to feel myself wanting to turn my brain off, which has happened multiple times this week, I start thinking, oh, that's interesting you want to turn your brain off. Let's think about what you want to do for the rest of your night. Like, you know, like, or let's, like, think about... Uh, I guess I'm still evaluating, but I like, I'm like <laughs> still, I start to make a plan and then like, I, but it like helps prompt me into thinking about it. it. The system's not perfect yet, Yeah. but, um, you know, and I only started trying to do it this week and I have not done it twice a day. Um, I've done it like four times total, but, uh, you yeah, know, working on it. To track mind to a kind. You find friends you'd be hard pressed to find When the world is a one note song with a wrong sense of time You need a two-track mind Let's talk about periods because on top of everything else that's been going on this week, you are apparently like a broken dam down there. The levee has broken <laughs> in my vagina. Right. Um, I didn't get my period for a couple months. Yeah, which is also weird. I actually still don't understand what happened there. Like, just because of inconsistent birth control taking, or there's no there's no way to pinpoint what it was. It can be stress. Just um, like not have your period at all. Yeah, and I'm on the pill, so like that should not happen. Right. But I also can sometimes be inconsistent with. Well, I don't take when the, I take like, it. I mean, but I mean, I think there's lots of people who don't take the pill and get stress. I mean, I feel like that has to be extreme yeah. stress. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm feeling that. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm at like critical levels of stress, <laughs> um, and that has always been my body's response to high levels of stress is I don't get my period. Can we share this part of the story that involves Jason? Oh, 100%. <laughs> yeah. So I went to the health center. I had to go there anyway for my back. And I was like, oh, hey, like, since I'm in the area while I'm here, can I just take a pregnancy test? And they were like, oh, sure. So I pee in a cup, give it to them. It's on a Friday. And they're like, great, we'll call you with the results. Right, right. They don't call me all day. <laughs> So, of course, my mind goes to, I have something so bad right. that they don't want to tell me. Right. Not um, only are you pregnant, but there's, like, some sort of, like, crazy... I have gonorrhea or right. something like that. Um, Sue! <laughs> I love that your reaction is, like, the medical professionals won't tell you if it's no, bad. It, they can't even yeah. bring themselves right. to do they it. They can't I bring themselves kill to myself tell now because you're that infested. And so I've, like, panicked and bought pregnancy tests before. Yeah. But I'm also broke right now. So I was like, I don't really feel like doing that. Right. So we're at improv, we're at extra rehearsal, and I'm like, does anyone have a pregnancy test that I could use? <laughs> And Sarah's like, yeah, I actually have one. Do you want me to go get it? I need to run to my house anyway. And I said, yes, please bring it back. And I was very, like, emotionally kind of nonchalant about this very weird or this very kind of uh, disruptive potential. I remember, uh, you know, being in director mode or whatever it was. And, like, you didn't didn't seem, you seemed totally normal. It was totally (laughs) even keel. I said, thank you. Bring back that and some chocolate. So she did. And I went. What a good friend. Right. And she was like, now wait until the morning. Cause like, that's when you're supposed to do this. And I said, okay, thanks, but no thanks. Went into your bathroom, peed on a stick. Then it taunted me for a couple of minutes because it all of a sudden a little sand timer showed mm-hmm. up on the bo- um, the screen. Yeah. And it was like, oop, the sand's going this way. Up, tip over, the sand's going that way. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it's thinking. But it was like the spinning beach ball on Max. That right. mean like that means your computer is gonna explode. So it was like that for a couple minutes, and I was like, I can't handle th- this suspense. I'm just gonna lay it <laughs> on top of the trash can, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go do some improv, and then I'll come back in five minutes and see if it's made up its mind. 
So that's what I did. And then Jason walks in and uses the bathroom, comes back out, and he's like, oh, guys, there's a pregnancy test just kind of sitting in the in the bathroom. And I was like, oh, yes, that's mine. <laughs> this is Jason who was here a couple weeks ago on the podcast. But yeah, yeah. He, and his idea was to come back into the room and be like, it says pregnant, even though it said not pregnant, just to like, assuming you had already seen the result to freak you out. Oh, right. Yeah. So and he then, wanted to mess with me. He wanted to mess with I you. I forget why he didn't mess with me. I, th- I think because as he was saying it, he realized you don't fuck around with pregnancy tests. Oh, yes. Because <laughs> like, that's, you know, he was able to be like, man. Um, or, you know what, actually, we might have already been talking about it, because we got, we were on, like, a snack break. Oh, and, yeah. Like, and you were, like, and I think that's when we somehow got out of you, that you were, like, yep, there's a pregnancy just waiting for us in the bathroom. Just waiting. I'm letting it cook. And we were all, like, go get it. And you were, like, <laughs> Jason's in the bathroom. And then he came out, and, and he's, like. And I was, like, yeah, I have no idea what's going to say. Right. I figured I'd deal with a major life change in, like, five minutes. Right. Um, so, <laughs> it said not pregnant. Right. And I just, like passed out on the couch in relief. Right. Um, and so now you have your period for the first time in like three months? Two, two, two months. months. Two months. Okay. It's so big. It hurts so much. Yeah. I went through an entire, I told you this, I went through an entire box. I don't, how many, I don't, how many tampons I, were in this box? I have to, I should go see. That's a lot. 16? I don't wow. know. I don't know. In two days. Two days. Wow. Um. Oh yeah, it's like on the hour. Right. And... <laughs> I've never, I don't, my cramps used to be devastating in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't been too devastating, but this is devastating. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm carrying around like a 10 pound weight in my uterus. Right. So here's the thing. I want to know why all this is happening and I want to understand like the biology behind it. And I really don't. Um, so I'm very excited to report that I ordered a book that I can't wait to read. It's called Taking Charge of Your Fertility. Yeah, and girl. And it came yesterday. Oh, look, you have it. It's here. Yeah. so prepared. It's so big. Who's this by? Uh, Tony Wes- Wessler, MPH. Why, I, I hate to say this, but like, why is a dude telling me about my fertility? It's a girl. It's, it's a, a girl. girl. Okay. Oh, thank God. Oh, God. I Tony with like, an eye. Really? Tony with an eye and a little I don't heart think over so. it. so. Um, so I've read reviews and it's the, it's, I am not looking to get pregnant or go off my birth control, right. but I'm just like so horrified that I don't understand the biology right. the way that I used to. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to get back into that. Yeah. That's definitely, I mean, like a ho- having like a homeopathic understanding of your body is like right up my town's alley. It's like a, a philosophy I was definitely born with or not born with, but was grown up with. So I think that's, I think whether you're on the pill or not, like it's great to have an understanding of like what your body's doing, what it's yeah. trying to do and all of that. And I'm like, uh, I thought the whole point of the pill was to not ovulate, but there are some pills mm-hmm. in which yeah. you actually ovulate. Yeah. So I don't even know what I'm on. So I don't even know if I'm ovulating. Yeah, yeah. And there's, they do, like, different pills do different, like, hormonal, like, changes and different, like, things. And, I mean, mostly it's tricking your body into thinking it's already pregnant. But I had an androgen-based pill one time, like, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I tried to look up what that meant because I was like, why are we dealing with androgen? That means testosterone. Why is that implicated in my birth control whatsoever? Um, it made me super hairy. <laughs> But it worked for my friend. Huh. Worked great. So interesting. You know that they now have, they're just starting to test the ones out for males. So that males can take a pill instead. That like, so that so we would not even have to deal with this. Wow. Yeah, did you know about the study? So no. Like this, I don't know, like, I like it's so crazy to me that this hasn't happened before now. Like, yeah. I mean, this, this idea has floated around, but like nobody wants to put research money into males having to take a pill. God forbid they Heaven should have forbid. to handle they it. They have to pay every month. I, oh man, the last few months have really made me more like feminist rising. And, um... Yeah, so they did a study, but I guess, like, uh, I I think it was rather extreme, but I guess the men basically got cranky and, like, pimples, and they were, like, whatever, and so they quit the study, and they didn't finish it. I've got to read this. (laughs) And, and like, most people, I mean, again, I think the reaction was severe, but most of the reaction was, like, are you kidding me? Like, this is what women... I don't want to pay for this every month. Um, I mean, this is, this is like in the experimental trial stage. Yeah. So like these people were basically like, um, you know, and like it made their, them, yeah, feel emotional and non-confident. And what like, did it do? 
I, I don't, I, you know what, I have listened to it on NPR when I was, like, driving home, and I've heard a lot of people reference it, but I haven't actually read it, so. I, yeah, okay, we, we have to post that and read that. It. Yeah. I want to see what it did with their testosterone. Yeah. I've but heard like, what, a, what a change, right? Yeah. Like, what a difference if men could have that as an option. Have you heard of the, the uh, testicle injection? Mm-mm. No, what's that? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm 12. <laughs> You're just like, she's like miming, squeezing just some miming, balls. Miming, shooting a little syringe into a ball. <laughs> that gra- brought me. You actually mimed that really well. Yeah. <laughs> that brought me great joy. Um, <laughs> it's an injection that I think somehow creates like temporary sterility. Interesting. In yeah. And the side effect is that you don't ejaculate as much. Oh, interesting. But... It, the idea is it's going to be, it's, so it's like a one-time shot, mm-hmm. um, which probably hurts, ow, but like, whatever. <laughs> we have humans come out, come out of us. So, um, I, okay, so I want to follow <laughs> That's up That's the title that. of our feminist memoir. We have humans, humans come, come out, out of us. us. Sorry, Don't even. Um, but yeah, so it's like a ball injection and, yeah. but it makes it so that there's no chance that you could, well. Probably Very like a ninety nine percent chance right, like, that you won't get someone yeah, pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. And what a fucking relief! I would just be so—I don't know. For some reason, that feels like a great equalizer to me. I would just be so happy to know that, like, guys and girls can be in charge of their fertility. Because I also like, you know, I have brothers. Like, and and there are women out there who will, like poke a hole in your condom or like do something crazy, um, or like say they're on birth control when they're not, or say they're on it and. Like, I, you know, no, no offense, take it inconsistently, right? So I think that it, it just, I don't know, makes me happy to think that everyone would have the same ability to have that, like, control in their life. I have a friend who... No control issues here. Go on. <laughs> I have a friend who was like, I've made my boyfriend, or it's her now husband, pay for birth control for the yeah. entirety of our relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like... I have friends who have done that too, That yeah. thought never even crossed my mind, and what shocking to me is that thought never crossed my mind. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. it's a, Well, I mean, it's a shared thing, right? Yeah. Like, maybe it shouldn't be, like, all, all one all person his but either. Yeah. But, like, you know, it's a shared it's a shared hobby of yours. And so you should both contribute. And if he doesn't want to wear a condom, then for sure pay up, buddy. It, well, I mean, you know, yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, well, you, you still, should, yeah. You can just say, no, wear a condom also. But, right. Um, but if he, some guys are... Like, then adamant anti-condom. Then don't have sex with those guys. Then, yeah, don't call me. <laughs> right. Um, um, one thing I do want to say, though, before yeah. we get totally off of periods, which is just, like, I tried things. I tried oh, things. oh, yeah. please. I know. Ah, what? <laughs> what? Oh, my God, I'm dying. Um, so, Thinks is one of, the, one of the brands out there that are now supposed to be the, like, period underwear that can, like, replace your pads, basically, and, like, tampons. So, they have different ones for the amount of flow. They actually don't replace, like, they can't replace a heavy flow at this point. Like, you would still need to be <laughs> using some of your box of tampons. A diaper. But, yeah, but they do, they can serve as, like, a total replacement on light and, like, moderate days. And then they serve as, like, a backup instead of, like, a panty liner or whatever on your heavy days. So I used it on what ended up being a heavier day than I expected. But, um, and they, they hold up to two tampons worth, I guess. So is the, what? I know. What kind of cut did you get, Susan? I got the, I forget, I think, oh, it was the hip hugger. I got mm. the hip hugger from Fangs <laughs> and Black. And, um, and I got like, I definitely went for the heavy days. I'm like, if I'm going to invest in this, I'm going to go for oh, the heaviest possible yeah. days yeah. they have. Um, I have to say, like, when you receive the package, like, the actual underwear itself, like, it's huge. Like, for, first of all, I was like, I must have ordered the wrong size, because these are ginormous. Second of all, it's, like, not heavy, but it, like, seems a little bit bulky, and you're like, it, it you know, it seems like there's no way. This is not going to feel comfortable and, like, yeah. seamless. Put them on. Damn, that's smooth. Wow. Like, they just felt so comfortable. They were so smooth, even though there is that layer in there of, like, whatever it's going on. Like, it's so minimal. Like, it definitely doesn't, like, add anything. It doesn't feel like you're wearing a diaper. It doesn't look like you're wearing a You're not wearing a diaper. But, like, it's just, like, it honestly just felt like I was wearing, like, smooth, silky black underwear that just happened to, like, absorb my <laughs> vaginal secretions. So it was just really... I'm dying. 
Yeah. Because so, I still can't believe it. So, like, so you still, again, so you still will need some support for those first, like, couple of heavy days. But, like, you know, I feel like I could wear it from, like, you know, day three. Like, for me, it usually lasts, like, about five days, like, of, of the good of the good stuff. <sighs> uh, and then, you know, day one and two being the strongest. So, for me, I feel like I can wear those day three to five and not wear any pads or tampons. Is it wet? No, you don't. It doesn't feel wet. No, it doesn't. What? Like, I know. Yeah, you would think that like you're just like walking around like a squish, like right, like, like you're wearing a pad. No, it doesn't happen. It's How like, is it stay dry? It's just somehow it's just like absorbing into whatever they've got going in there, and it like spreads out, like and and some and you just honestly, it felt totally normal, totally comfortable. And like, uh, and it just, it, I, I knew, I, it was crazy. I'm getting more. I'm definitely Thank getting more. God, science yeah. has I gone cannot, in this direction. Like, Technology. I cannot wait. Like, it's going to be such an interesting conversation with my daughter someday where it's like, yeah, women didn't used to have things. And like men, like men couldn't take birth control. It had to be on women and they had to wear these like crazy things. Something I've even thought of was, I, I have no idea how much money I've spent on, like, feminine no products idea. over the year, no but, idea. like, it's an astronomical number. I, one way in which I've been very privileged in this life is that, like, when I went to college, I mean, I, well, I, well, I purposely chose a school that, like, uh, whatever. I had, like, my parents had some money for me for college, and so some of that translated into having, like, a little bit of grocery money for the week or, like, food money, some amount of that, and, um... And, uh, and I, I remember having to have that awkward conversation with my dad, who's only ever had boys, of being like, I, I need, I'm actually going to need a, us to use a little bit more of that money per week. And he's like, well, you're going to run out of it faster then. Like, whatever. I'm like, yeah, but it's, like, necessary. And he's like, what? What are you eating? How could you possibly be eating so much? I'm like, um, I have to buy, like, tampons. Yeah. And, and, uh, and having to explain to him how expensive it was. Like, that was when my, like, economical father was like, how expensive are he had no idea. Wow. I, mean, I mean, like, I think... What my, guy has an idea unless you've bought them? Yeah, and they were always, like, bought, obviously, like, when I was younger and, like, lived at the home, but I don't think he was, like, paying attention, you know? Yeah. So I think he was like, wait, what? Wow. So it would be... It's gonna... It's a game changer. These underwear are worth the investment. Go out and get your things. Two track minds, two of a kind. Find conversation with a lively design. When the world is away.